Do you ever get so in the habit of something that you find yourself paralyzed remembering, wait, am I supposed to be in habit A or habit B right now? They both start the same way and I don't know what to do. That moment of panic almost set in at the beginning of the show here. I was thinking I was about to do one of our hourly break-ins and not start a morning show. And yet here it is. It's 7 a.m. It's Thursday, January 19th. You're listening to Covenant Network. It must be Roadmap to Heaven and not an hourly break-in. So let's begin our morning in prayer so that we don't, you know, we got one thing right so far. Let's get the most important thing right. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm excited about today. Today, we are going to be talking about devotion. You know, we often think of our devotions, the rosary, a wonderful devotion, First Friday devotion, first Saturday devotion. We talk about those often here on the show. Lent is coming up. We'll be talking about a wonderful devotion, the Stations of the Cross soon. We will be talking about so many things. And we've talked about devotions, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the you know, so on and so forth. Today, we're going on the road. We're talking with Father Kent Pullman from Ascension Parish in Chesterfield about the Holy Face devotion, one that I didn't know too much about. I knew it existed I've prayed it before without knowing too much about it, uh, but we, we went and had a little crash course with Father Pullman on the Holy Face devotion. But that's not the only devotion we will be talking about today. Now, here's the even better part. So often during the show, you'll hear us uh, you know, remind you that we have our podcasts out there. Wonderful tool. What I love about this is there was so much that we couldn't fit into today's interview because of time constraints that we can put on the podcast. So we're actually going to have some podcast extras for you today. More on that later. First, let's go to Mike Roberts for today's weather. Then we'll take a break. Then we've got a little bit of uh, inspirational words for us on the morning offering we just prayed. And then we'll get on with the show. Today is the feast day of St. Philip. Born in Ireland around the start of the 8th century, he was the son of an Irish king, and his mother was St. Kurtagerna. For reasons that are not clear, he and his mother left for Ireland and went to Scotland. Philan became a monk upon arriving in Scotland and lived as a hermit, but eventually he returned to monastic life, becoming an abbot at a monastery in St. Andrews. Folklore says his right arm glowed because of his great spiritual writings and that he also had a gift for healing. In fact, a body of water near the monastery became known as Philan's Pool because so many went there for cures. He died on this day sometime in the mid-8th century. St. Philan, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are on the road today at Ascension Parish in Chesterfield, a place I've long wanted to come visit officially uh, ever since I met Dan Vonderhaar and heard about all of the good things happening out here at Ascension. But today we're not with Dan Vonderhaar. We're happy to sit down with Associate Pastor Father Kent Pullman. Father Pullman, it's so good to be with you today. Oh, it's great to be with you. So we are getting ready for one of those days that I, you know, I actually didn't know. I knew it existed, 
but I did not know it had its own day and that it was always traditionally, well, not always, but since the 1950s, traditionally celebrated on the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, and that is the devotion to the holy face of Jesus. And someone said, you need to go talk with Father Pullman. He loves this devotion. So (laughs) tell us a little bit, if you would, about the devotion to the holy face. Okay, well... Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it is a devotion that is actually, objectively speaking, the greatest of all devotions. All right, so I'll get into that. That's not just me saying this is my favorite devotion. But you mentioned that the Shrove Tuesday, that also might be a, a term that no one knows nowadays, but shroving of sinners is basically the forgiving or absolving of sins. So uh, Tuesday before Ash Wednesday was known as Shrove Tuesday. Well, this votive mass to the holy face uh, in the traditional rite would typically be offered on that Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, so you're entering into Lent. So that is the day uh, traditionally for the offering of the mass of the holy face. Now, the holy face itself as a devotion. All right, so um, one of the things I like to explain to people is the importance of the devotional life first is giving gifts, all right? What's the better gift to give? Uh, I, I love you, so I'm going to buy you this knickknack, and I'm going to give it to you. Or I'm going to get this book, and I'm going to give it to you because I liked it. Or is it a better gift to say, you know, I, I heard you mention how you liked this a few months ago, and that stuck with me, and I finally found it. And so I want to give you this gift that I know that you want, that is what the devotions are. It's the giving of the gifts that God himself has asked us to give him. The Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Holy Face, the Seven Sorrows, you name the devotion. Our Lord has told us these gifts are most pleasing to me, and I will even make certain graces available to you because you are responding to this. So every devotion has a sensible object. The divine mercy, we know the divine mercy image, uh, with the two rays coming from the heart that represent baptism in the Eucharist. The sacred heart represents uh, most especially the Eucharist, that, that love of God incarnate. There's a, a reparation made according to whichever devotion. Now, the object, the sensible object of the Holy Face devotion, as you might guess, is the Holy Face of our Lord. Uh, in particular, it is the Holy Face under his sufferings, which there's a few different images of that. One on the Shroud of Turin, uh, one on the Veil of Veronica, and then one on the, basically the linen that was wrapped around our Lord's face to make reparations for those um, those expressions of our Lord's sufferings during his passion and death. What is it the holy face represents? The face of any person represents who they are. So the holy face devotion makes reparation to who God is, namely for offenses against the first three commandments, which uh, we actually, most Catholics don't even think of this today, those are worse than the offenses of the other seven commandments. So the church fathers speak of, as we are made in the image of the likeness of God, uh, most especially in baptism, that when we sin against our neighbor, it's an offense against an image of the king. But when we make an offense against the first three commandments, it is an assault on the king himself. So 
an attack on the image is bad, but an attack on the king himself is, is far worse. So this devotion makes reparation for those offenses, those sins, those crimes against the divinity. And in response to that, the reward is also the greatest. Wow. You know, I, I think sometimes you're right. We do forget to think of that. Uh, sins against the other seven commandments, you know, killing someone. Very, bad. very, very bad. Very bad. You know, not to make light of it and say, well, it's not as bad because it's one of the other seven, but uh, even beyond that, sins against those first three. And the, the good reminder for everyone, first commandment, I am the Lord your God, thou shalt not have other gods before me. Uh, second, do not take the Lord's name in vain. And third, keep holy the Sabbath day. Sunday is not optional. Uh, and honestly, we should always include in that the holy days of obligation yes. as well. Yes, yes. Absolutely. This is a good time to pause and take a break. We're talking with Father Kent Pullman at Ascension in Chesterfield about the Holy Face devotion. When we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what this devotion entails. If you're just joining us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning, we're on the road at Ascension Parish in Chesterfield visiting with Father Kent Pullman to talk about the Holy Face devotion. And uh, now it's, a, it's time to get into what that actually entails. Okay, so now you mentioned some other devotions here, and I love this as well, because I, 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 as a husband, I'm guilty of that sometimes, very often, especially with my wife's birthday. I tend to project what I would like for my birthday 11 days later and what I do for her, and that's not really being a great husband. But every now and then, I have that grace to pay attention to what she's saying she wants, and I find that, and I give that to her as a gift. So our Lord says, this is the gift I would like you to give to me. Now, uh, the first Saturday's devotion, Mary is very explicit. Go to Mass, make a good confession, and, and do that first so you can receive Holy Communion in a state of grace. Yes. Um, let's get the order of operations correct. Make a good <laughs> confession, go to Mass, pray the Rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. First Friday devotion, same thing. Go to Mass and pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart and pray in honor of the Sacred Heart. Right, uh, and especially to receive Holy Communion in reparation for offenses against the Sacred Heart. So those two are pretty straightforward. Stations yes. of the Cross, another devotion. You pick your favorite book, whether it's St. Alphonsus Liguori. I'm partial to St. John Henry uh, Cardinal Newman. Um, but you, you make the Stations of the Cross. How do we keep the Holy Face devotion? Though? That is one I am not familiar with, and I don't recall seeing a booklet in the uh, back of church the <laughs> other day. But I also wasn't looking for one. It could be there. Could be. Um, but even if you see them... This devotion, it can actually be a little overwhelming. So there's the, the uh, Manual of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. It has everything. And, and so I'm not actually recommending people find that and start with it. Um, we'll go into some, some baby steps. So there were private revelations received, and going into history, that would also be very important. Um, the Servant of God, Sister Mary of St. Peter, Carmelite of Tours, France, received the private revelations of the Holy Face. Um, she also wrote meditations for the three traditional sets of mysteries of the Holy Rosary. Uh, there is a Stations of the Cross, uh, two sets of meditations for uh, Stations of the Cross and the Holy Face. Um, but let's just kind of consider first and foremost uh, the central prayer of this devotion, and that's the Golden Arrow. So our Lord... Uh, as he was revealing the offenses against his holy name. So the name the face both re represent who you are. So he gave her a prayer that he made known was like an arrow that was golden that, that would pierce his heart with joy and delight. 
and from it would, would pour forth an abundance of graces because, and if I may get in a little of the historical context of this, so when Sister Mary of St. Peter uh, entered the convent of, of Tours, the Carmelite convent of Tours, she never heard of anything called communism. And this is the only devotion that our Lord actually explicitly revealed uh, this communism in relation to the church, which is a hostile relation. And this was in the 1800s before most people ever heard of it. So this was something that, again, we can, we can, you can see the divine inspiration in, in that it was not naturally knowable. So the, the central prayer, and I actually don't rem- even remember, there's a, many variations from the French into English. Um, so I'm going to give a, a translation that is more literal. That forever be praised, blessed, loved, adored, glorified, the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious, most ineffable name of God, in heaven, on earth, and in another worlds, by all the creatures coming forth from the hands of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar, fiat." So, Father, you just shared the the very literal translation of that. I love aspirational prayers. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph save souls has been on my mind and my heart quite a bit recently. Is this something that we could—I mean, that's not a very long prayer, even with that literal translation that we could just take and maybe memorize and throughout the day pray this prayer as we go about our day? Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, The Golden Arrow is a fantastic prayer, um, and it's— something that is great to pray, at least, you know, like some of these other devotion prayers, whether it's throughout the day, at the beginning, or end of the day, or both. Um, and I don't want to overwhelm people, but I'm, I'm going to give you another example. There was an aspirational prayer that Servant of God, uh, Sister Mary of St. Peter, would pray a hundred times a day. I'm not recommending this for, for each and every one of us. Eternal Father, I offer you the adorable face of your well-beloved Son for the honor and glory of your name, and for the salvation of our country. That prayer was shown as she was offering it, that it was a wall against the the revolutionary movement uh, to upheave the Catholic uh, faith from the country of France that she lived in. And I think it's a, a worthwhile prayer. Um, any of the, the Holy Face prayers are worthwhile to p- be praying for our country as well today. Yeah, especially as we look at, um, I mean, if, if we're being perfectly honest, if we look at the political landscape, but specifically against communism, we see the influence of it. And we normally uh, stay far, far away from politics on the show, so that's about as close as I'll go today. But uh, again, that great danger, communism seeks to take God out of the equation and take the church out of the equation, and that man is his own ultimate destiny. And um, that's certainly, as we talk about not offending those first three commandments, I can see a, a big problem right there when you, right off the bat, say, we're going to do away with the first one. Right, right. Yes. So, as we know, because we're, this isn't actually, I'm going to be very clear here, it's, um, the Church has social social teaching, uh, because there's certain, certain involvements with uh, just everyday life, Um when in, in France, actually, the Cathedral of St. Martin of Tours was leveled to the ground, and uh, the, 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 the men in Tours tried to pave a road over his tomb. The Venerable Leo Dupont, who is also a major player in this, uh, he, he, along with some others, uh, rediscovered St. Martin's tomb. 
and the cathedral is now rebuilt. So um, I'm actually looking forward to going there and offering Mass there soon. Um, St. Martin of Tours was a great patron of this devotion, still is. He obtained the vocation for Sister Mary of St. Peter to enter the Carmel in Tours, France. She would have gone to another one, except it, it was a manifestation of his devotion or his patronage of it. One other patron I want to mention to those, especially here in St. Louis, because St. Louis the Ninth was such a, a zealous king in removing sins against the holy name, blasphemy, from his kingdom. He is a major patron of this devotion as well, and I actually think that's how this devotion came to me. One of the things you've mentioned, and I'd like to wrap up with this, is that this devotion comes to us through private revelation. And that's an important point to uh, bring out here, because some would say, well, it's revelation, so we must treat it as if uh, it's public revelation, and, and we might as well make a dogma. Others would say, <laughs> that's private revelation, we don't need to pay any attention to it, otherwise, if, if it was for me, it would have been revealed to me. And um, really, as Catholics, as a good friend likes to say, we occupy the via media, the middle way, yeah. especially with private revelation. Uh, it would be good for us to pay attention. Though it's not required, it would be good for us to pay attention, uh, just as that when our parents, when we were children, would insinuate, you know, you should clean your room. Maybe it wasn't directly pasted on the wall, you must clean your room today, but if you can read between the lines, you know it's a good idea to clean your room. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, the Church teaching on this is very helpful. Public revelation is that revealed for divine faith. It's necessary for salvation. Private revelation is something taken for human faith. And actually, even our Lord gives us an example of this. When he says that these signs and, and uh, catastrophes begin to occur, flee into the, the mountains and the hills, well, that's not for salvation of the soul. Uh, but for that they could live well in their own day, so that the Christians, when Rome uh, besieged Jerusalem, they would not be caught into that. So our Lord is merciful. He cares not only about those things that are the greatest, eternal salvation, but also about our temporal well-being. And so private revelation teaches us how to humanly live well in our day. That's a great way to think of it. I'm glad we came to speak with you about that because, again, Adam Wright's analogy is not necessarily the best. We'll, we'll, we'll go to Father Pullman for this one. Well, Father, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with us and talk about this wonderful devotion, one that we do not have to wait until Shrove's Tuesday to put into practice. So let's maybe start flexing that devotional muscle today so that we're ready for Shrove Tuesday, uh, really just about a month away from now. Father, could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, who gave us your only begotten Son, who took a holy face to show us you whose Son is the perfect icon of yourself. Grant that we may know you, and in knowing you, that we may love you perfectly. Have mercy on our country, have mercy on our souls. Restore those who have lost the faith to a profound, deep faith and love of you. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, we'll be back in the studio with more for you. And I would like to mention, there's more to this conversation than we've put on the air today. So for the rest of that, you're going to have to go to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, wherever you get your podcast, or most easily by visiting ourcatholicradio.org and clicking on programs, and you'll find Roadmap to Heaven right there. A little bonus content for you this morning. In the meantime, don't go anywhere. One of the joys about this bonus podcast content that we're in right now is we get to have a little bit longer of a conversation. And Father, uh, you know, we think of First Friday and First Saturday, as we've mentioned already. There is a day you mentioned before we started recording that we keep in mind for the Holy Face and acts of reparation. Yes. And so, as you've noted with the Shrove Tuesday, Tuesday's an important day to the Holy Face. And I, I actually don't know all of the reasons why. However, um, there are some sacramentals of the Holy Face as well. Um, there's the cross for the defenders of the Holy Name, but the one in particular I want to talk about is simply the, the medal of the Holy Face. So someone who wears the, the sacramental, a, a blessed medal of the Holy Face, and makes a holy hour of reparation every Tuesday before the Blessed Sacrament, our Lord promises that he will take care of their soul so that even their soul, as disfigured and marred by sin as it is, that he will restore to a baptismal purity at the end of one's life. That is a very great grace. Now, with that, um, just one one more thing, uh, because when Sister Mary of St. Peter was shown the great mercy that comes from, is drawn down from this devotion, uh, he actually points to St. Dismas. So, the two thieves, each on each side of our Lord being crucified, the unrepentant thief, uh, in the modern translations, uh, usually says that he reviled Christ and uh, and said, if you are who you say you are, save yourself and us. But a literal meaning is he blasphemed. So St. Dismas, the thief that repents, this is why he says at the beginning of his defense, have you no fear of God? He has just committed the sin of blasphemy. And so St. Dismas, who is the first defender of the holy name, is granted not a, a perfect contrition, so much so that he does not have to undergo any temporal punishment for his multitude of sins. And so our Lord says, I tell you this day, you will be with me in paradise. I'd like to ask about this for just a moment, because there was a time in life where I was very tempted when we say these special graces or these special favors to think of it as a contractual or, or maybe a transactional. If, if you do this, I'll do that. And, you know, like I go to the store, if I give you the money, you give me the groceries, and then I can go home and have a nice meal that I prepare. Um, over time, I've come to think of it, maybe this is a better analogy, that there are times that I have to go run some errands. And I say to the kids, would you like to come with dad to go run these errands? And sometimes they say yes. And most often, eh, no, I'd rather stay home and watch TV or read a book or play this game. And one time, one of the kids said, yes, I'd like to go. And while we were out, we drove by the ice cream parlor. And I said, let's stop and get some ice cream. And the other kid said, why didn't you come get us to go get ice? I said, you weren't with me. <laughs> exactly. Those who drew near to me that day uh, of their own choice got the ice cream. It's, it's yes. not because you went with me, I will always buy you ice cream. But because you were in my presence, you were granted a favor. Is that maybe a better, as crude as that may be, a better way to look at this? I think that is a great analogy because this is not a quid pro quo. 
This isn't you do this and, and, and I do this like a business contract. If someone does enter into this for imperfect motives, uh, if there is goodwill, um, we should expect then that actually God will provide the grace to come to a perfect motive of doing this. But that being said, uh, your analogy is perfect. Well, that is going to wrap up this bonus portion of the podcast here, and we want to thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Prayer Before a Crucifix Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel, and with the greatest fervor of spirit I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. It's a good time to stop on this Thursday for our daily dose of encouragement as we continue to talk about praying for our priests. Patty Schneier is with us. Patty, take it away. Okay, this week we've been talking about praying for priests in a tangible way. I'm sharing websites and apostolates. Yesterday we talked about having a holy hour offered for your pastor every single day of the week. Can you imagine how wonderful that would make him feel to know that his parish is praying for him and offering a holy hour for him? Well, today um, I'm going to just share something that you can find on your Laudate app. This prayer is available. It is the Saren Prayer for Vocations. And as a member of the International Sarah Club, St. Junipero Sarah, worldwide lay apostolate, committed to praying for priests. This is a prayer that I pray every single day. I have this prayer card in my purse, and I'll tell you when I pray it. At the end of every Mass, when Mass is over, I go to daily Mass, I drop to my knees. I reach over, grab this prayer card out of my purse, and I make sure that I am thanking God for the priest who just celebrated that Mass. I am praying for him, for his faithfulness, and then I'm asking God to bless the church with an abundance of priests. So here is the Saren prayer for vocations. Again, you can find this on the Laudate app, if you have that, or if you contact the Sarah Club, they will be glad to send you one. And here it is. Let's pray it together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, St. Junipero, Sarah, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ to spend and consume themselves for souls through the same Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. I can honestly say that it's thanks to Patty. I carry this prayer with my rosary in my pocket and pray it for our priests. Patty, thank you for sharing it with all of us today on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. You know, I was thinking earlier this morning, and I've been a little preoccupied this morning, if I'm being honest, about something that happened with one of the kids. And yesterday I went to go pick them up from my in-laws, and there was a noticeable patch of hair missing from one of my daughter's heads. She had started complaining of having a headache. Now, after a while, it quickly became apparent that something wasn't right. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know when it happened. I have an idea of the time frame, but something wasn't right. 
And it took a lot of conversation and a lot of coaxing to get her to the point where she didn't think my focus was on, I'm mad at you, you're in trouble, how could you do this, or anything like that, but to really take it for what I was saying. Honey, something happened, and you're hurt. And I want to make sure that we can help you heal properly and that we can we can take care of you. Um, it's a beautiful thing about parenting that I've learned is that as a parent, sometimes we focus so much on wanting to do what is best for our children. And yet sometimes we forget that in our spiritual lives, that we get afraid of the punishment. You know, um, I think of that when I pray the act of contrition, when I make a good confession, I detest all of my sins because of thy just punishments. And yet our Lord isn't so much concerned about the punishment as he is concerned about the healing and communion with him. He doesn't want us to be separated from him. Now, we can still choose to be separated from him. We can be obstinate. We can be obstinate in our sin, especially if we die in that state of mortal sin. Then we know that we cannot have sanctifying grace, which we need to possess in order to go to heaven. And yet our Lord stands ready to offer that sanctifying grace so freely. Now, at a certain point, my daughter finally said, so I'm not in trouble. And I said, no, you're not in trouble. We found out what happened. It was just a little accident. It's nobody's fault. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, you just say, okay, that happened. Now we know what happened. Now we can focus on how do we deal with the pain? And is there anything else we need to look into? There were no timeouts, no punishments, no one's grounded. And every time I go to confession, especially those times in life where it's been, you know, just a, a grave sin, unfortunately, and I think we've all had those times, I get so fixated on what's the punishment going to be? And is, is God going to be disappointed in me? I forget that pro- parable of the prodigal son where the father runs out to greet him. And it's been sitting heavy on my heart this morning, and I, I just wanted to share that with you. Maybe you're listening, and it's been a while. It's been a year. It's been more than a year since you've been to confession. We have a loving Father who is more concerned about our healing and our reunion with Him than He is about punishing us. And that's important to remember. It's very, very important to remember. Now, we cannot just presume mercy, though. That's the flip side of this. We can't just say, well, God's so concerned about being in union with us and and forgiveness and healing, then it doesn't matter if I go to the sacrament. No, the Lord gives us the sacraments for a reason, friends. Um, And so, just as Father was saying, we should do what he asks us to do. And he gave us the church, he gave us the sacrament of reconciliation. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank you for tuning in to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And on behalf of all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed day, and do not forget to pray your rosary today.